Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus. My Olympian mission is to promote lifelong personal development, human empowerment, out-of-the-box thinking, creative self-expression, and a dedication of one's unique talents to community service. All of my labors in this lifetime celebrate the hero's journey in myth, legend, spirituality, popular culture, and in daily life. I firmly believe that the human spirit is essentially heroic and always seeking ways to express its innate nobility and greatness, and that a life fully lived, dedicated to actualizing the highest we can conceive, is the noblest expression of human existence. Tonight, I'm honored to bring you alumni in recovery, and tonight's host is Melissa Davies, and her guest is Ruben Diaz. Greetings and welcome. How are you guys doing? Hey, Hercules. Um, I'm doing hey, well. Hercules. Thank you so much for having hey, me. And thank you for pulling together a great uh, show. I'll be here in case you need me. And now I will hand the torch over to Melissa. It's an honor to be able to share this moment uh, with Ruben. Um, we're both volunteers for Alumni and Recovery. Um, if you don't know what Alumni in Recovery is, it's a nonprofit organization, and what it uh, what the mission is is to educate and start the conversation and end the stigma towards addiction and substance abuse. Uh, I myself am in recovery. My clean date is July twenty first, two thousand eighteen. What that means is that. For the last two years or so, I have not had any mood or mind-altering chemicals in my body. So that includes um, alcohol, includes uh, pills, uh, any, anything. And um, I work a program of recovery. And 
alumni in recovery is one of the volunteer programs that I do community because this is a topic that needs to be discussed and a lot of people when they hear the word addiction or drug addict they have this stereotype of you know the homeless man at the bottom of the bridge with the paper bags and that's not what that's not what I am. That's not what a lot of my, my friends in recovery are. You know, this, this disease, it, it doesn't discriminate. You know, it could be, it could literally happen to anybody. And um, I'm 25 years old. I live currently in Hackensack, New Jersey. And, um, you know, I, I'm very independent now. But, you know, growing up, I made a lot of mistakes and I'm just very lucky that I am one of the people that come my addiction and get help and admit that I had a problem. Um, when I was a teenager and in my early twenties, you know, I kind of just looked at who I could socialize with based upon who had what drugs and who had how much alcohol. And that wasn't healthy. And I had a lot of toxic relationships, a lot of toxic friendships. Um, I lost a lot of opportunities um, because of the choices that I was making because I was so blinded by my addiction. Um, I also lied and cheated and manipulated everybody around me, including my family. Um, You know, I'm not proud of what I used to do. I'm not proud of the choices that I made. Bad that I was able to smarten up, you know, and make that decision of, of living a smarter life without drugs or alcohol. Um, And as a young person in recovery, it's very hard because um, temptation is, is everywhere, you know? So, um, with that being said, uh, I want to bring up a discussion of like what it's like being young in recovery. And, um, Reuben, you actually, uh, you're not that much younger than me, right? Yes. No, I'm actually two years younger than you. I'm 23. Mm-hmm. And, um, thank you, Melissa. I know that for, you know, me being young in recovery, I know I just celebrated four years clean and sober January 7th, a few days after my birthday. And uh, for my 21st birthday, I was clean. Um, And, you know, I had a choice. Either I could go out and, you know, have my first quote-unquote legal drink and, you know, have a typical 21st birthday, I guess, what someone would call typical, um... I decided, you know, to stay home, watch a Netflix movie, eat some ice cream cake, and spend time, you know, just with the family, pretty, you know, relaxed, laid-back birthday. And that, for me, you know, is having fun. Um, I I can't drink. I can't do anything mood or mind-altering, you know, without doing it in excess. Uh, I have... I am a recovering drug addict. Uh, Alcohol was never really a huge thing for me, but 
every time or, you know, drug of choice, I guess you can say, but every time I would drink, I'd have the same problem I had with every other substance I decided to use. I'd always abuse it. Um, and you know, it, it could be hard, especially being younger, you know, a lot of kids our age, they are just new to the nightlife scene and new to going out and, you know, getting wasted. And, you know, especially with weed being legalized now, you know, uh, it's almost the norm, you know, uh, and is expected for a lot of kids our our age group. Um, but I've learned that I could have fun. I, I could have fun without drugs and alcohol. I do a lot of things that normal people do. I've gone out to clubs a few times. It's not really my scene, but every time I've gone, I've been with someone who is sober. Um, I always let people in my network of clean friends know, hey, look, you know, I'm going to go out somewhere tonight. Um, you know, there might be drinking, like if I were to go to a wedding or something, you know, uh, they're not going to not have happy hour just because, you know, Ruben's there. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I do let people know whenever I go places what my motives are. And, you know, uh, I'm having, you know, the time of my life clean. Uh, and that's at 23. So how about you, Melissa? Do you remember, uh, how is it for you celebrating certain things, you know, um, Especially, you know, when we're young, New Year's, maybe not this New Year's because of COVID, but I know a lot of people go out into the city or they go out and decide to, you know, have a crazy night. What, what do you normally do for your New Year's or celebrations like that, especially in our age group? How do you have fun? So it's funny that you asked that because I've actually, um, I got engaged, as you know, and um Heck. Everybody, everybody, like if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me what I plan to do for my wedding, alcohol goes, I could probably pay off my wedding, um, <laughs> you know, but I'm not sure because, uh, you know, as far as that goes, like I know that I personally don't need it and I'll be fine if I don't have alcohol at my wedding, so Honestly, there's like a 90% chance that I'm I'm just going to save the money too and just like not have any alcohol at my wedding. Um, but, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I know that there's going to be alcohol there or I know there's going to be certain people, um, you know, that like to dabble in, in drugs, I either don't go because it's not worth the stress and it's not worth the risk um, or like you said, I make sure I have like a, an escape plan, you know, um, as far as like holidays go, um, pre COVID. So before we had the pandemic and we were in lockdown, I used to host parties at my house all the time. Um, I used to have like, um, my friends over every Sunday for dinner and, you know, we never, ever had to have alcohol ever or any kind of drugs to have fun and um I think that people get very self-conscious and they get kind of like blinded by what the media puts out there um you know I grew up on watching movies like American Pie and um Euro Trip and like watching TV shows like Degrassi and like skins where drinking and partying was glorified and like glamorous. And if you didn't do it, you were like the weird one. But I feel like 
today, like looking back, so not, not the norm, you know, like if I saw my kid doing that or my little sisters who are 13 years old, I'd be very disappointed, you know, and, and I guess teach them how to have fun and how to be comfortable in their own skin where they don't need that, um, that crutch of, of alcohol and, and other drugs. <clears throat> so Ruben, when you were in high school, who did, uh, like, who did you really hang out with? Oh, in high school, um, I really hung out with, uh, well, earlier on before high school, I was getting into a lot of trouble. That's when I started, you know, at a very young age, I started getting in, you know, involved with, you know, smoking weed and, um, I was getting in a lot of trouble, especially with the truancy officers. So my high school, I was in an alternative school and I was hanging out with a lot of people who had moved on from just smoking weed. Now, you know, you got people who are doing, you know, various forms of abusing medication, prescription medications, like, you know, Adderall or, you know, ADHD medications, cough syrup. You got people now taking ecstasy and, you know, the crowds and, and the usage, the drugs type, you know, they tend to get heavier. The more you follow, you know, that path, you know, you start how you, Nobody wakes up one day saying, oh, I want to stick a needle in my arm and do heroin or I want to smoke crack. I've never done heroin or crack. I mean, I've abused painkillers. Um, but the people I was hanging out with in high school were the ones that were doing what I wanted to do, which a lot of times involved, you know, uh, getting in trouble, using drugs, uh, stop going to school. Um, it was the party kids for a little bit. It's funny that you mentioned those movies because that's something that really strung a chord with me. I remember back in, I don't know, I must have been ninth grade, uh, the movie Project X came out, 2012, I think. And, oh, I remember you know, that movie. Yeah, you remember where, like, I remember sitting there in the movie theater and we were, you know, probably around the same time, Paranormal Activity and all those, you know, movies were coming out. And, I was with all the, you know, a whole bunch of us kids after school would go to the movies and, you know, find a way to sneak in the R-rated movie. And those previews would come on and we'd all be like, yeah, yeah, you know, that looked awesome. And after, I don't recall, I don't think I ever personally saw the movie myself, but just by the coming attractions alone, you know, just the wildest high school parties and, you know, promoting, you know, people looking trash to the point where they're throwing up over each other and movies like Superbad and, you know, all these movies that, you know, involved stupid teenager behavior. Um, that was something that was, you know, glorified, you know, amongst, you know, at least the kids I was hanging out with and people wanted to, you know, monkey see what monkey do. We wanted to throw our best project X parties and be stupid and do dumb things like that. And I know that a lot of times, you know, going to parties, a lot of people do that. It's expected during high school. I'm not justifying it at all, but, I know for me personally, uh, seeing the addiction early on, I mean, for a lot of people, when the party was over, it ended there. It ended that night at that house. The next day, okay, I got to wake up. How am I going to go to school with this hangover? Uh, I got to, you know, it's Monday or it's whatever day. And, you know, for me, first thing I'm doing when I'm waking up is continuing the party. You know, I either had to take a, you know, smoke something or take a pill or whatever the case may be. And, I did everything in excess, 
Um, and it seemed like it was a lot more normal to do it, you know, especially the music I was listening to, to you know, promoted glorified drug use, um, made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. So I definitely know, you know, bird of a feather flock together, those, you know, that you hang out with, that's what you're going to be doing. Either I'm going to influence somebody in my life or they're going to influence me. So today in my life, I hang out with people that do self-esteemable acts, you know, good things, selfless service, helping other people who have their life together and, you know, are all about a good time. But for someone who has a history of drug addiction and um, addictive behaviors, you know, I hang out with people that are sober, that are clean. I do have friends, don't get me wrong. I, I have some friends that have their life together and once in a while they might, you know, go out to the club and have a couple of drinks or they might, you know, have a smoke or whatever. Um, and they respect me. They know I'm not, you know, I don't do any of that stuff, but that just goes to show, you know, some people can do something. I can't, I can't just have fun. I have no desire for it. You know, I see what it's done in my life. I see what it's continuing to do in people's lives. That person, you know, hanging out underneath the bridge with the garbage bag in their hand, they didn't, you know, ever think that they would end up where they were at. But the party didn't stop for them, you know, like so many other people I know. And these are good people, you know, just you don't have to be somebody, you know, growing up in a bad environment or, you know, somebody who, you know, there are so many people who have addiction problems, you know, high, you know, people like judges, lawyers, cops, teachers. I say that all the time, you know, um, I met a convicted, this guy was convicted of seven felonies. And I don't know how he did it, you know, but he was able to somehow get his record expunged, turns his life around once he stopped using drugs, turns his life around, and now he's a federal judge or something like that. Um, it's so, interesting uh, you say that because um, I have a, a I have family members that are in recovery, and um, it's interesting because I remember my dad saying to me when I was in rehab um, something along the lines of like you know you're allergic to alcohol you know you you got to treat it like you're allergic to strawberries where if you eat a strawberry you're going to die you know and my dad has some really crazy stories and he's very he's always inspired me um, because he turned his life around and you know, whenever I feel like I'm struggling or something, I think about all these people in my life and, and like celebrities also, you know, you make the choice to be who you are. So if you want to, um, to stay at rock bottom and to, to be in that rut and not accept help, you know, or ask for help, then that's on you, you know. Um, and I think that's one thing kids struggle to do, you know. Um, when I was 16, I didn't want help from anybody. I acted like I knew everything in the world because I thought I was mature. And I watched all those adult movies like Euro Trip and American Pie and all that, you know. I had older sisters um, that were in college when I was still in high school and, like, you know, so it's it's not it's not easy being in recovery and like getting to where we are today, where we're successful and we're happy and we're stable. 
but it's possible, you know. Um, what's what's one thing that you've made um, in like the last year? Well, for me, the one I've made a lot, many accomplishments in this past year. Um, a few things that I've been able to accomplish. Uh, I've been able to drop. You know, I've since I've been clean, and you know, I am young, and I have my. I, I was able to get some health back. Um, I, you know, I've been working a lot of multiple jobs. Um, you know, just really trying to save up money, and you know, uh, this past year, um, it might not seem like a big deal, but I was able to switch from a job that was paying me pretty good, but wasn't really, the environment wasn't a healthy environment. Um, I had to, you know, just wasn't, it wasn't worth the the stress that was causing me. Um, And I had to make a tough decision to move over to a job that was paid a little bit less, um, but seemed to, you know, get me out of a situation I was in. Um, And I, you know, politely gave a two week notice at with, with my boss and I was able to take that big step. You know, I was scared to leave the job because I liked the money and everything like that. But it turns out that, you know, this new job that I'm at, I got, you know, a raise. I got a raise within the first couple months of me being there. Um, people trust me a lot. I have a lot of responsibility there and it's going a lot better for me. The reason why I say that's a big thing in my life is because, you know, for so long, you know, I let especially when I was using drugs, I let drugs dictate to me what I was going to do when I was going to do it. You know, um, drugs, the obsession with them, everything in that lifestyle controlled me today in my life. I have the, you know, power, I have the strength and the self-esteem to get things done in my life and make big decisions that might be a little scary, especially, you know, within this past year, it was tough with, uh, COVID going on and everything like that like am I gonna you know be able to get another job is this gonna work for me you know all these things that we tell ourselves and I was able to make a pretty tough choice um that was scary and I'll admit you know I I had fear you know making that choice um and it's working out pretty good for me you know and the fact that I was able to stay clean throughout this whole pandemic I know a lot of people relapsed uh, I'm sure a lot of people who didn't have a drug problem or think they have a drug or alcohol problem before this pandemic realized you know what I have a problem now um, the fact that I was able to get through this past year without you know having even a desire really to do anything um, give that all I thank God for that I think the program you know I too am a part of a 12-step fellowship and I have people in my life you know I call them my network people that I trust Dearly, um, I talk to on an everyday basis. Um, I've met a lot of new people. Uh, I have a lot of, you know, good people in my life. And uh, relationships for me are a big thing. Um, It's good to get out of my own head. And another thing, too, when you're talking about that allergy, um, there's something I heard once somebody, an alcoholic, say uh, to tell somebody, hey, if somebody asks, do you want to drink, just tell them, no, I'm allergic. And if they say, well, what happens? Just tell them you break out in handcuffs. You know, uh, but it's the truth. I Once I take one of something, I can't stop. It's an obsession that's so insane. You know, I don't know if anybody listening to this has ever had any sort of uh, dependency on something like cigarettes or vaping, and you try quitting how hard that can be. Imagine that times 10. You know, that's how difficult, not just, 
the the mental obsession, but the physical withdrawals as well on top of it with a lot of narcotics, even, you know, even marijuana, you know, marijuana has such a psychological dependency, uh, addictive part and potential. Um, same as, you know, smoking does, uh, even cutting out food that you're not supposed to be eating. I, I changed my diet up this year too, you know, sitting around at home all day, especially during COVID, you just want to keep eating chips and chips and chips. So the biggest accomplishment I'd say and this very slow year would definitely be with the job and staying clean. Um, how about you, Melissa? What What do you think um, has been a big accomplishment? I know you've had a lot going on, um, a lot of great changes, and, you know, yeah. uh, you and I, you know. Um, well, first off, I want to say congratulations, because that is a big accomplishment, you know, career changing. Um, I have some – I basically did the same thing, Um where I was at um, a company for five years and it was a part of my 10 year plan to stay with them. But unfortunately um, I realized like I'm not happy there anymore. And it was starting to actually negatively affect my recovery where almost every single night I'd come home from work and I'd be in the worst mood and I would be, so upset with myself mm. and I'd be tempted to just walk a nice look at my life. And I went job searching cause I didn't want to leave this job unless I had another one. And so yeah. I just made, I made the leap and I quit and I got another job somewhere and um, I, I ended up making more money. However, I learned that, you know, more money does not always equal happiness. (laughs) Um, And I just took the leap and I decided to quit that job. And so now um, I'm working part time, but I love the, the area, like the place that I'm at. I work in my hometown, which is Waldwick. Um, So I get to see a lot of people that I went to high school with. And I'm like by family, so that's great. And you know, I don't have the urge to use, and that's important to me. You know, I made a huge accomplishment there just by being brave. I could never do something like that um, when I was younger if I didn't have ability, the emotional stabi- stability that I have today, you know, because um, I feel. One advantage of getting clean at a young age is you grow up a little faster compared to the people around you. And so, you know, I have all of this maturity now at 25 that I'm confident about, you know. So, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's, yeah, I adulted. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's amazing, Alyssa. And, you know, just the fact of being able to keep a job, you know, even and have the, uh, you know, what's the word, the choice to be able to make that choice to say, well, maybe there's another job out there for me. You know, how many times had I been stuck in a spot where, you know, and this doesn't even have to just be about, you know, drugs, because there's a lot of that you know, society, we, we like to overindulge on where, you know, our pockets could get run thin or, you know, might, you know, 
direct dictate what choices we make, you know. We have this oh, privilege. Oh, yeah, exactly. Of, you know? Yeah, and, and I had this one friend, and, you know, I have this one friend in recovery. He he has a couple motorcycles, and he, he has a really good job in construction, and he just – he has a Jeep, and he bought a really fast muscle car, and um, <laughs> he was about to buy his second bike, and uh, he's sitting there looking and really – saying, man, I have a tough time choosing if I should get this bike or that bike. And, you know, he's paying all of his bills. He's got everything set. And he has the luxury to <laughs> have a hard time and scratch his head about which motorcycle he's going to choose. You know, a few years earlier, he was probably having a hard choice of, well, am I going to steal to get the money for this drug? Or am I going to find a, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay this bill? And now, you know, the fact that we're able to have lives, um, productive lives, be productive members of society, do things that make us feel, you know, like we're actually doing something. Because for so long, man, I took and I took and I took. And not just from society, you know, in, in a sense of, you know, but also my family. I, I robbed my family of a lot of time, like Christmas, holidays that we celebrate, you know, time spent together was wasted on me, you know, not being there because I was either, you know, passing out from the drugs I was taking or I had to keep getting up to leave the house to go do more. And I was never really there. And I robbed my family of a lot of memories, a lot of good times, a lot of emotions. Oh my, I I know I put my mother through such hell. And um, today I'm able to give back. I'm there for them today. I'm able to, you know, actually give back and even doing stuff like this, being on an awesome podcast, and, you know, Hercules, I thank you again for having us um, and having opportunities to share this message and try and break down the stigma that drug, drug addiction is real. And I remember when I was using, I didn't really feel like I had much hope. Um, sometimes I even wanted to die. I found myself in such a point of despair that through that desperation, I became willing to change. And when you were talking about that rock bottom earlier, you know, uh, it's rock bottom is, you know, when I say it's rock bottom, I don't have to wait for things to get worse before they can get better. can say, you know what, I'm going to accept that I have no power over this situation in my life, whether it be, you know, drugs and alcohol, which is, you know, our topics, but it could be other things too. Maybe people have shopping addictions or overeating or hoarding poor self-image, you know, um, all these negative things, whatever it is in our life, we have a choice of rather whether or not we want to sit, sit in it and dwell in it and let it consume us. Or we can say, you know what, I want better. And there is hope out there. Hope is alive and hope is a well. And you and I, you know, as though our lives right now may just seem like anybody else's life as far as, you know, talking about work and and getting married and stuff that is such a miracle for people like us where so many of us are still stuck out there doing the same thing they can't get out of that rut you know um there's hope there's help out there you know uh throughout new jersey i know that there's different um ways that people could seek you know uh help with addiction treatments. I know you know more about that, I'm sure, than I do. But I know that there's a lot of things that a lot of cities are trying to build up, uh, you know, more resources for people, especially over here. I live near Patterson, and, man, this is like zombie land as far as heroin 
fentanyl goes. Oh, you know, yeah, you got all definitely. Stuff. Yeah, I so. Know, uh, like, I have I have two two little sisters that are, um, you know, they're preteens. One is 13. The other one is, um, is 11. And I am so proud of them. Um, you know, Victoria is 13, and she is so smart. And she knows my story. She's heard me speak. I'm very, very open about my recovery process. And I share with her my mistakes that I made when I was her age, because that was the exact age that I started with my addiction to begin with. I was 13 years old. And one of the most important things that I tell her is, you know, always be honest. If you're, if you see something, say something, you know, like if you're uncomfortable, have an escape plan, be honest with people that you're around, be honest with your resources, you know, kids have it so easy these days compared to us because 10 years ago, we didn't have resources like TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook. (laughs) Um, We actually, those things were, were like brand new you know um we had like vine and uh and facebook (laughs) was still new and so like these kids can just go on their social media and reach out and get help easily and anonymously too and um and and you know it's i'm i'm just like i try to be so open um, and almost like obnoxious a little bit about my story on my social media because I want other people to see that it's okay to not be okay and to ask for help, you know, and, and recovery is possible no matter where you're at, no matter how old you are, no matter where you're from, um, no matter what religion or spirituality you are. It's It's something that means so much to me and I'm a huge advocate for recovery and I think um New Jersey is is a good place you know to get clean because there's so many different resources um that are available yeah definitely so Ruben one thing that I'm curious about because you brought up Patterson um with your recovery and everything and, and like is there anything that triggers you, you know, something that, that makes you kind of uneasy, um, like in regards to your recovery, whether it be a person, a place, a thing. Yeah. That, uh, well, definitely, you know, getting clean, I had to realize that there's a lot of people, places and things that I have to stay away from. Um, you know, I, I can't, in my area, I mean, you go anywhere, you find drugs anywhere. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. There's, I promise you, there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, but my area, it is very prevalent. Um, you know, it's very open in the streets. Uh, it's out of control. Earlier off, I would say, especially the first year and a half, maybe 18 months or so, um, I had to, you know, just definitely, I would make a plan. Okay, today I'm going to go to, school i'm gonna go to work and then i'm gonna go to a meeting you know uh 
this is where I'm going to be at. This is, you know, my plan. I'm not going to do anything to derive from that plan. You know, I would call somebody, especially earlier on, hey, you know, I'm going here. You want to meet me there? Like, you know, somebody clean in recovery. You know, I spent time with people. And, um, and my, you know, over here too, uh, I don't go, if I need milk, I'm not going to go over a block, not literally a block, but, you know, I'm not going to go a block or so down the street to the liquor store to go buy milk. I rather walk three blocks in the opposite direction, even though it's a little further to go get the milk at the dollar general, you know, just to not put myself in a situation where I have to be around alcohol. Or if I know that barbershop or that place over there, people are constantly smoking weed. Um, If I hang out around the barbershop long enough, I'm going to get a haircut. So if I'm hanging around people who are smoking weed long enough, they're not just going to stop because, oh, Ruben stopped. The world doesn't, you know, revolve around me. I have to make changes in my life and my lifestyle in order to be okay. Today, I would say that I don't really have many things that trigger me. Um, earlier on, for sure, you know, I had things like even a smell or, you know, seeing something on the street, walk into my car, you know, like a bag, empty bag on the ground, you know. I feel that. Uh, I feel that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think I think you even saw a video a few years ago. I think you commented on it when I used to have social media. I, I uh, was recording my walk around the block, and there was a big bag of marijuana just laying there on the floor. Um, and you know, I didn't touch it or anything, but it just goes to show that you know that stuff is very prevalent. Um, and at first, that stuff did kind of you know trigger me. I know that when I had to get clean. My family cleaned out every part of my house. If I knew that there was something hidden somewhere, which a lot, there wasn't really because, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going to hide this for later. But then, you know, as soon as the high wore off, I'd be like, screw that. I need that now, you know. Uh, But, you know, I wiped my house clean. Um, I deleted a lot of numbers. I changed my, I believe I changed my phone number. That was literally the hardest thing for me to do was actually changing my phone number and, and deleting like 90% of my history, (laughs) all of the people I went to high school with, all of the people I went to college with, all of the guys I used to to hang out with, you know, I had such an issue and it took me so long to actually delete them and leave them in my past. You know, like I, I used to uh, think highly of, of like, having so many people and so many contacts, you know, um, and then only recently did I realize quality over quantity when it comes to Ah. friends, you know, Um, I used to think that having like 20 people, you know, ready to hang out meant something, but really it's, it's who you're hanging out with and like how, how much they, um, how much they, they mean to you and what they would do for you, you know, because some of those yeah. people that I let go were not friends. They were not friends and they are not people. They probably don't even remember me, you know? Yeah. At least not now. If they saw you now, I'm sure. Not not as an insult against you, but I know like when I was getting clean, I would run into people in the area. Cause, you know, in my area, a lot of street people hang out on the corner store waiting to drop drug deals or hanging out, just trying to see who's around. And I don't really live in the hood, but, you know, I live in a tough enough area and 
you know, when I go out, you know, people want to say, hey, yo, what's up, Ruben? You know, yell something out the window. Hey, you know, and I just had a, hey, man, you know, one thing I tell a lot of people, especially when they would come up to me and try and throw hooks to see if I'd catch the bait, you know, as to wanting to get high or something. Um, I'd say, hey, man, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't do that anymore. And uh, they would say, oh, well, why not, blah, blah. I'd tell them, oh, I have a relationship with God. And as soon as I would say that, you know, and, and, you know, when we mention, you know, God in a lot of fellowships, you know, uh, 12-step fellowships, it's not necessarily something religious. It's, you know, our own interpretation, our own relationship. You know, this isn't, you don't have to have a belief in order to, you know, get clean with the support networks out there. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, everybody, you know, is allowed to have their own relationship, their own belief or non-belief, however they want to live their life. But I would say that, you know, a lot of people even say, God, G-O-D, good orderly direction, or G-O-D, great outdoors, you know, however you want to say it. When I would say to this person, I know I have my own belief and my own faith and relationship with um, God. And I said to this guy, uh, oh, you know, yeah, no, I, I, ever, I found God. As soon as I would say that, be, oh, I'm good, bro. Have a good day. <laughs> All great to the car, you know. Uh, people, they can't believe that, you know, you would want to change. And when people see me nowadays, they don't even recognize me, man. I mean, the way I carry myself, the way I dress, the way I talk, uh, the way That's I the look. That's the exact same just, thing over here. Yeah. I've actually um, – so now that I live in like, or I live in Hackensack and I work in the town that I grew up in, which is Waldwick. And one of my coworkers is actually somebody who went to high school with me and graduated um, two years below me, but I was in like a lot of his classes. And we had a conversation about like how much we've changed because he changed physically. Like I don't even recognize him. And he said he doesn't even recognize who I am both like physically and mentally because he said he used to be he used to be scared of me in high school (laughs) because I was that wild and crazy um you know and now he's like I can tell that you definitely like grew up and got got your life together you know so it's interesting that you say that and like for me um you know I used to have a lot of uh those people they would hit me up on Facebook and they would ask me like, Hey, are, are you good? You know, um, trying, you know, cause I used to be the person to also who knew everybody. So people would go to me to find hookups for, for drugs and whatnot. Yeah. And so some people would hit me up, not realizing I was clean, you know, and I don't do that anymore. And I would just be flat out honest with them and be like, sorry, I, I, I don't do that anymore. Like I'm clean now. And um, that would be, like, when I would just cut them off and, like, delete them or block them, you know. So, it's it's awkward. It's definitely awkward. I will say that. But it's also proud. Like, like it's a proud moment where I'm able to say that, you know. I'm able to say, sorry, I don't do that anymore. Sorry, I'm not that person anymore. You're able to say no, and knowing that the word no is a full sentence, you know? Exactly, and nobody needs an explanation on why, especially, especially like, for drinking. You know, um, my dad and I were talking once, and he even said, he's like, you know, back in the day, like, for business and everything, everybody used to drink, and it almost used to be, like, impolite 
to not accept a drink from somebody. But now you can use any excuse like, oh, I'm on a keto diet. Like I can't, I can't drink. You know, you don't have to like go into detail or you can just say no and the person moves on and they don't even care, you know? Yeah. So it's, I feel like we're living in a time where people understand if you say no, you say no. So we've talked a lot about a lot of great um, choices and decisions we had to make, lifestyle changes in order to maintain our sobriety, our recovery, and our absence from drugs and alcohol. Um, I wonder, Melissa, what were some of the things, you know, not just in the beginning and earlier on stopping using, um, but that are still important to you today to maintain, you know, like a foundation, if you will. Uh, What are some, like, uh, what do you do certain things with your life that, that you do directly to support your recovery? And, you know, I know for us addicts, we put our recovery first, you know, because if we don't, we're going to lose it. So, what are some things? So, uh, yeah. So definitely putting my recovery first. Um, I had to make a very recent um, decision for myself personally, where um, I realized that there is somebody that is very toxic in my life, and um, you know, I just I couldn't be around that, and so I made the decision. I don't care how they're related to me, whether it's friend, family, foe, whatever. I don't need to be around them. I don't need to answer their phone calls. I don't need to reach out to them. I don't, you know, I'm not obligated. I am not, there's no ball and chain. And so I put my recovery first because that person was very toxic. Every time I would talk to them, they'd be drunk or high and, you know, they would not be respectful of my recovery. So if I would go to hang out with them, they would have, you know, the stuff around. So I just, I put my foot down and I said goodbye. And it was so hard. It was so hard putting my recovery first, but I did it. And I'm so glad I did because it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders, you know, and then being honest with how I feel. You know, and then a personal thing is um, this is just like a daily task. So COVID has everybody locked in and it gets very lonely and very like stressful. And, you know, I've mentioned my dad like several times throughout the podcast. Um, My dad means so much to me and he's helped me so much through my recovery. And so one of the things that, I, that we as a family do is every night at 9 p.m., we have a Zoom call um, with my family. And that has helped me stay grounded, be able to, like, check in on everybody, see how everybody's doing. And that, to me, that's, that's been a really good thing with my recovery, um, just because of the fact that that's my dad, you know. And it, I feel very blessed that we live in, a, in an era of technology, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you do anything like that? Do you have like a daily, daily task that if you do it, like it helps you feel better? Yeah. Well, in the mornings, as you know, (laughs) I, uh, Melissa is one of the people in my life that I send out, um, daily, uh, in our, 
12-step fellowships, we have, you know, literature that we read, like daily meditations or affirmations. I send those out. Um, I read those, you know, every day I start my day off right. You know, feed myself with good, positive things, you know, like putting on armor for the day, you know, to go out into this world that has so much that, you know, you don't have to be a drug addict with issues to want to say, dang. And, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. Everything around me is doom and gloom or you know, say that you're not looking forward to, oh, great, what is today going to bring? You know, uh, definitely the way that I look at everything in my life, um, my perspective, uh, not even just glass half empty, half full, just focusing on the good and, and, and supporting the good. You know, uh, there's evidence in my life that there's far greater forces at work in this world than just that of evil or, or bad and negativity. And, you know, I strive to be like, you know, a light worker, somebody who's trying to do, you know, positive things. Um, for me, uh, you know, that's awesome. When you definitely put your foot down like that, that could be a hard thing. And a lot of people don't understand, you know, I grew up with a lot of people telling me, hey, you know what, just stop. Just stop using drugs. Just stop doing it. Just stop. Tell yourself you got to stop and it will stop. Let's say, here's exactly. an example. You got, yeah, you got, two, you got two people that drink the same amount of alcohol, let's say, every day. They're both ruining their lives and they both lose their jobs and everything's falling apart. And then one per, they, go to the, they both go to the doctor. The doctor looks at them and tells them, okay, you know, if you don't stop drinking, your liver's going to give out. If you have one more beer you are going to die. The person who has a hard, a hard drinking habit will say, you know what? I got to stop. You know, this is too much for me. And they'll be able to stop and be good. The person, the alcoholic, the person with that issue is just going to say, I can't take this anymore. Just give me one more beer. We, you know, we, despite all the consequences, it's, it's literally, you know, the greatest form of obsession out there. And, um, Doing things daily help, uh, you know, definitely help. Um, and I just wanted to say that, you know, because a lot of people I don't think understand that it's not just stop. There's things that every day I have to do to, rem- I don't want to say necessarily even just remind myself that, you know, I, I don't want to go near that, but I have to put an effort. I'm not just going to sit still and say, okay, I'm off of drugs, so I'm going to go about my life, you know, because then with this problem, eventually my thinking is going to lead me back, you know, oh, well, screw it. I could have one drink, you know, at that celebration after work or whatever. And then I'm back where I'm at. So every day, um, you know, I, I, I just, I like helping people. Um, and yeah, I want to say I this think, also. I think that's um, great. Oh, thank you. No, like, uh, I was going to say great. about the, uh, the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan law. Uh, I don't know if I said that last time, but you know, if, in the state of New Jersey, at least, you know, if you're out with somebody and, you know, they're using drugs or you guys are drinking or whatever and they don't look good, maybe they took too much or maybe they're going to overdose or they're sick or something, uh, if you call 911, you can get help for that person. They'll come and save their life and you won't get in trouble, um, you know, even if you're under the influence or if you have drugs, you know, you should be good. Uh, it, that law protects you so this way that person can get the help that they need. Um so that's something important too, you know. Yeah, definitely. I always forget about the uh, the Good Samaritan law, you know. Um, I think a lot of people forget about it, you know. 
it's good yeah. to remind the public. And I think that's, that's one thing I love about our program, about alumni and recovery, because we share not like we share truth, we share statistics and facts and um, the program is so important. And, you know, now with COVID we've been doing things virtually, which is great um, because we can actually like from the comfort of our home, you know, and I, I just, I love being able to make a difference, you know, because if, if one student, one kid or hell, even if one teacher or somebody hears my story and they relate to it and they went through the same thing and they think, oh my God, I'm not alone, you know, and they, they see that recovery is possible and it happens in your backyard. You know, one of the dangerous thoughts to have is it could never happen to me or not my kid, not my town, not my school, you know, that's, that's one of the most dangerous thoughts to have. So being open about the drug epidemic that is happening right now, you know, it's, you got to have that conversation. It's hard and it's controversial, but it needs to be said. It needs to be reminded. Yes. And hope is alive and well. I always say that to everybody, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take a step to change your life for the better and to put yourself in a good direction. The only way something's going to change is if you put the effort in to get it. There's, there's still time. There's still hope. And not just for drugs and alcohol, but anything really. You know, if you put your mind to something and you reach out into the universe, it will be given to you. You know, pray about it. Ask God for, you know, the strength to get it done. I have to do that every single day, you know, uh, especially now with just everything. I have a lot of health issues too, but I'll just say that, you know. Guys, there's help out there. And don't be afraid to ask for it. Yeah. And if anybody that's listening, you know, is struggling, um, there are definitely resources out there. I know there's the Center for Alcohol and Drug Resources in Bergen County. Um, And if you guys are interested in maybe getting involved with alumni and recovery, um, you don't have to be any specific age. Um, You know, you can, you can, volunteer um at any age so you can go on our website which is www.alumniinrecovery.org and um we're also on social media we're on facebook we're on tiktok our tiktok is air uh, a n r n j and we're on instagram so um if ever you guys want to get involved like feel free to reach out Um, so it's, yeah, it's seven fifty-five. So we have like uh, five five minutes left. Is it around three minutes or so? Because then they start uh, interrupting with the show is almost up, and it's hard to talk. Wow, you guys, that was an incredible show. You guys are both awesome, and you're welcome back anytime you'd like. Thank you so much. It was an honor to uh, to get this opportunity. Yes, thank you very much, Hercules and Mount Olympus, for this opportunity. And thanks to both of you and to Alumni in Recovery, uh, because uh, these shows are very open, they're very honest, and uh, um, they reach out uh, to people, and uh, um, hopefully they'll be helping lots of folks, because uh, 
Um, the, the information contained therein and the stories that you share are incredible. Thank you so much again. And uh, I will talk to you very soon. Thank, Thank you, Hercules. Have a great, happy, uh, happy evening. Yeah, and have a great well. evening. A wonderful weekend. And to you as well. And thanks to Nancy and uh, Kathy um, who uh, suggested uh, this episode. And uh, until next time, this is uh, us wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures and stay safe uh, during the pandemic. Uh, We're on CERN today, so I'm not familiar with their music library. Ah, Here's a song called Odyssey. So I'll play that. All right. Bye, Hercules. Bye. Faded foggy days, perhaps that dawning.